0: You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 176. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 176.
1: You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So, without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith.
0: Well, hello, my love. Well,
1: hello there.
0: <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, dear. How are you, my sweet man? I'm
1: doing really well. How about you?
0: I'm doing great.
1: It's good to hear. I'm
0: excited to talk to our audience members today. I know. We've got a really cool topic today. This was actually a listener submission. And if you did not know, there is actually a space on my website where you can submit show topic ideas. So there's actually, if you go to the show notes page which this episode is thejoyjunkie.com slash 176. You'll be able to see exactly how to submit a show topic. But yeah, so we're going to do one of those today. And she's talking all about dealing with your parents' shitty behavior. Ooh. Like what do you do when the people <laughs> who you're supposed to respect are abusive or are annoying or mm. have really kind of insidious behaviors that are not only unacceptable but really disrespectful and where does that leave you like Mm -hmm. what do you kind of do with yourself so man we're definitely going to dig into that
1: yeah it's a tough subject but one that's fun to tackle yeah
0: and i'm actually it's kind of very poignant that this has kind of come up because i am doing a really really awesome support group and i've talked about it the last couple of weeks on the pod and if you are interested it is called survive and thrive and it's an online workshop and support group to help you not lose your shit with your family during the holidays
1: you really don't want to lose your shit when they're losing their shit that's
0: exactly right and it's just really about getting connected to who you want to be
1: just becomes a shit show
0: it becomes a shit show and we don't know ain't nobody got time for that
1: (laughs) nobody got time for shit show ain't
0: nobody got time for that So I would love to invite you, and today, if you're listening to this episode, the day it airs, which is November 7th, is the last day to get in on this support group. And you guys, it's only $47. I mean, I I can't even... It works out to be just just slightly above 10 bucks a week for those four weeks. Crazy. So it's four weeks where you get a bunch of allies to be in your corner, tons of awesome stuff, workshe- workbooks and workshops and live classes and all a bunch of stuff. So nice. go over to thejoyjunkie.com slash thrive or you can go to slash 176, which is the show notes page, and there'll be a ton of information there for you as well. So nice. last day, get in on it. Get it.
1: If you're get it. afraid
0: get it. Get it. of losing your losing your mind this holiday season. <laughs> Which
1: it happens.
0: It's hard. It's yeah. triggering, man. It is. I And a lot of the stuff that I'm teaching and sharing with everybody is stuff that I've had to employ myself and <sighs> seen it really change things. On the hard way. Exactly. So how about we uh, throw the mic your way, my love?
1: Oh, is it time for a... Would you rather... Why, yes, it is. Today's would you rather is a pretty good one. Would you rather eat 20 baked potatoes or drink two liters of soda?
0: Two liters. Okay.
1: You know two liters. So like a two-liter bottle
0: of soda or 20 baked potatoes? Are they like fully loaded? Are they fully loaded or just a plain old baked potato?
1: Just a little butter to help slide down. <laughs> oh god! <laughs> I
0: th- oh man! I I don't I honestly don't think I have the capability of eating twenty potatoes. <laughs> I could uh, see uh, no, myself two
1: two two liter bottles is what I meant. To
0: oh, say. Two, so like four liters of right. soda. Shit. Well, I don't know if it's even physically possible for me to do either one. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's so much starch.
1: <laughs> but then you have so much fizz.
0: So much starch, so much fizz. So much starch, so, so much fizz. So the
1: one you rather really is starch or fizz?
0: Um, God, potato, at least it's like not that harmful. Whereas soda, it's like eroding your <laughs> it's, inside. It's
1: just super heavy. And like it, potatoes it, are heavy.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I, I don't know why your Would You Rather's like really put me in distress. Like, what am <laughs> so I going to choose? Start your fizz. Uh, I think I'm going to go taters.
1: I'm going to go taters too. Yeah. It would be so hard, but I would much rather do that than drink soda. Because it just makes you burpy. And, you oh, know. It's so gross. It's you not get, right. And you get to a certain point where you burp and it's not a burp anymore. It's a verp. Yikes. You know? you know what a verp is, right? Of
0: course, I okay. do. For those
1: of you that don't, it's vomit and burp at the same it's time. It's like
0: a chart, only like coming right. out the other end.
1: <laughs> that's right. It's a mouth chart.
0: We're we're a class act. <laughs> the show is top notch. Class act. <laughs>
1: and that's why we have the exp- explicit. Comment. I
0: think it's hilarious when I see see people's podcast threads. It's like one or two have explicit content, and ours is like all <laughs> explicit, explicit, all explicit. <laughs> But that's okay. That's how the audience is. That's how the junkies are. That's, that's right. That's what we just aim to please. So you're we gonna, know our audience. We we know our audience, and so we're going with taters, both of us.
1: Yeah, we're both going to go taters.
0: All right, all right, cool. So let's jump into today's topic, which is how to deal with your parents shitty behavior and they make your life kind of challenging so i want to read the submission and then i have like a a couple of bullet points under each one of these concepts that i think could be really helpful and advantageous for a lot of people listening okay so i want you to think about this as you hear what i share from this listener it could also be somebody else in your life it may not necessarily be a parent it It could be 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 a sister a brother a best friend A childhood friend, maybe a colleague, something like that. All right, so she said, one of my topics that I want covered is around accepting people or family in your life that have done awful things to other important people in your life. So, for example, a father abuses your mother in front of you and makes life hell for both of you during the divorce process and 20 years later is doing the same thing to your stepmother that you also care about and also your aunt who is his sister you Jeez. know like basically being a dick to everybody except you yeah. type of oh, thing. Oh,
1: not you cuz why?
0: No. So th- so this is what she says. Meanwhile, the father has never done anything intentionally nasty to his kids. Has done the best he can within his control to love his kids and do what he can for them. So how to love someone like that, how to separate them in your head from the nice person they are to you, yet atrocious to other important people in your life. Wow. I have been put in the middle a couple of times and learned my lesson quickly to stay out of it and that he is never going to change. I just block it out the best that I know how. Wow. So that's the first scenario.
1: I'm so intrigued to hear what you have to say about that.
0: Really? Yeah. Do you have any initial thoughts?
1: No. I'm I'm really like, how do you do that?
0: Yeah. So a couple of things. The first is I love that she identified that he isn't going to change because that is one of the biggest <clears throat> beasts to overcome when you love – it's like having somebody, like a drug-addicted sibling. And it's like you want them better so bad and you see something amazing for their life so bad – that you want to like love them into recovery,
1: mm-hmm. and I love that
0: there is and you can't
1: <clears throat> like yep.
0: really understanding that somebody else is in control of their own actions and that you are not responsible for them is really huge. But the thing that I really wanted her to understand, because as I'm looking back at this and and she's, it, it's almost like she's separating. Like he's amazing to me. But he's not amazing to my family. Or he's not amazing to my my mom or my stepmom. He's also a dick to you if you witnessed that. Yeah. Like that's... Even though he's not directly hitting you or being verbally abusive with you, does not mean that experiencing him in this regard isn't abusive. Right. It's almost extra awful because you have to unpack this where you feel guilty if you established a boundary because well he's being fine to me yet I have to witness him be horrible to my aunt and my stepmom and my mother and then you start voting on if you're allowed to establish boundaries or not. So it's almost worse. It's almost manipulative. It would almost be easier if he was just an outright dick to you and then you could be like, "Done. I'm not even interested." Right. So what I would love this listener to try on is if they have if they have allowed you to witness this behavior, they have done it to you also.
1: Mhm. This is true.
0: You are having to experience <clears throat> the dichotomy of this human. You have to experience the mind fuck of somebody being almost bipolar.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's a very real thing that you are having to experience. Whether you feel like you get the worst of it or not, it's still shitty. So I just want that concept to be, just try that on a little bit. That even if he was abusive to your mom or even if he's abusive to your stepmom, that is still doing something to you. That is still making it problematic for your relationship.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And
0: it's also extremely indicative of who he is as a person. So that was kind of my second point is, regardless of what he's doing to you, he is showing you the type of man, the type of human he is through his actions. Right. So it could be a colleague who is super kind to you, but they embezzle. And it's like, well, they're really nice. And so, well, great. But I am aware of the type of human that person is. And for that reason, I'm out. out. (laughs) It scares the hell out of me. So for that reason,
1: I'm out. And for that reason, I'm out.
0: And for that reason, I'm out. (laughs) But no, for that reason, I understand looking at this big picture, who you are. You are somebody who has no problem stealing from the company. Right or you have no problem being like I can't I cannot be close friends or even really talk to very many people who have no problem hurting animals or hunting hunting for sport I have no problem hunting for legitimate food source but for sport or like I, I cannot to me that tells me so much about your character so you get to take everything all the information you are privy to to compile your thoughts about his character. Hmm. Even if you haven't been directly verbally abused or anything like that. So, and that goes for anybody listening to anyone else. You know, I I've had that situation with a friend of mine actually who he was always fantastic to me. We he was always great to me. He looked out for me. He took care of me in a lot of situations. But I've found out a lot of stuff about who he is and how he's willing to treat his girlfriend, for example. Mm -hmm. And because now I am privy to the breadth of his humanity, like who he is and what he is willing
1: capable of,
0: willing to engage in. Yeah. Then now I get to make a choice based off of all the information that I've accumulated, not just how he is towards me. Right. And. I've I've talked about this on a couple of episodes around family dynamics in particular. You do not owe anyone anything just because you're related. Yeah. You know, like, you don't. You know, and we've had this conversation about you and your family, too. Oh, yeah. Where, that one
1: I can speak on, for sure.
0: Because you've had situations where, you're, you know, your father is, like, outright awful directly to you.
1: Yeah. You know? Which makes it easy.
0: Yeah. And then it's like, oh.
1: My decision's easy, yeah.
0: Right. So I would encourage everybody to look at that because I think it can be a lot stronger in different ethnicities. And I certainly don't want to pigeonhole anybody. But there's certain cultures where it's absolutely appalling to think of not being there for your family. To not, like, stand behind your dad even though he's a raging alcoholic and beat your mom. To not... Because it's family. Because it's family. And to me, it's such a faulty... Concept of loyalty to me I feel like respect is thicker than water I've said that before that to me it's not about blood at all it is about respect if we do not have a mutual respect for one another as humans as just people operating on this plane of existence, then I just don't have the bandwidth for you yeah. in my life. Like, yeah. I don't want relationships of obligation. It, life is way too fucking short.
1: Way too short.
0: And it, it clouds up a lot of... Sp- I mean, you're going through this right now. It clouds up a lot of your space doing shit you don't want to do with these yeah. people you don't really like.
1: Right. Adding stress to your life, uh, you know, making a lot of things harder. It, it doesn't... um you know, if, if blood is thicker than water, then you're going to make things easier for your family. Right. Right? You don't make it harder for them.
0: Yeah. And you, well, you make it harder for yourself if blood is thicker than water. You know what I mean? If you're like family at all costs.
1: Oh, well, yeah. I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if somebody said, hey, blood's thicker than water, I, I would much rather them say that in, a, in the context of, you know, I'm here to help you. Oh, then I'm
0: here to take from you, right? I see. Yeah, like don't use a guilt trip slogan, <laughs> right? Basically, right. yeah. Like, and I loved. I've told my mother point blank, like, I'm not motivated from guilt, so you might want to rephrase that. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I know not everybody's at that point. And we're we're gonna talk about that a little bit more later. But the third point that I wanted to bring up related to this one is that you are able to love someone and establish boundaries. So there could be a very real situation where you give yourself the permission to love your father and still not engage with him or really limit the engagement. Yeah. I think we adopt this like black and white or dichotomous thinking where we think it has to be one or the other. I either love this parent unconditionally and they're a full-blown role in my world or I hate them and I've turned my back completely. And we're way too diverse as humans to operate that way. Yeah. It's possible. It's the same way, like let's take the extreme of, you know, like a drug addicted family member, sibling, best friend, coworker. You can still love them. And choose not to bail them out of jail. Choose not to give them money for, you know, you can still establish boundaries and love from a distance. Yeah. I used to have a therapist who always said, release with love. Release with love. And it was sort of that concept of boundaries and I still care about you. Right. But what that really is, is I care about myself as well. Yep. I care about the impact of this dynamic just as much I care about myself just as much as I care about you and your recovery or you getting help or you not being a dick to my mom or aunt or whoever exactly so it's it's just genuinely placing importance on on your life also yeah the fourth thing and I mean I was just talking to you about this last night I'm a huge advocate for processing this shit Anytime it's related to family, no matter how much we want it to not affect us or not really be a part of our world, that shit runs deep. I think we're physiologically programmed. I mean, I think there's a reason why maternally moms want to instinctively care for their young. Children instinctively want to please a parent. I think it ha- I you know, I can take it all the way back to psychological terms of, Belonging, the sense of belonging, you know, one of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. We need to belong. We need to have those needs met in order to be a part of a thriving society. Yeah. So regardless of that, my point is if this is still really, really challenging for you, I don't make up for one second that you could listen to a podcast and be like, I have no daddy issues. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. So I can't stress enough Get a therapist. Get a therapist. Get a coach. Unpack this shit. Because guaranteed, it will come out later. It'll be the next family function and you have a little too much to drink and then you blow Blow up up. on somebody. Yeah. So that's your responsibility. Not to change him, not to change his mind, but to handle your shit. Get clear on this for you. Mm -hmm. Because I think sometimes we also go through this thing where we think, I don't want to give him – that credit I don't want to waste any more time on him or her or you know she's already been so awful to me that's making it sound like your therapy has anything to do with him it's not about him it's about you healing it's about you being better
1: it's not you it's me (laughs) right (laughs) right
0: (laughs) and then the fifth thing is after you've kind of looked at all of this and this might be something you want to unpack in therapy decide the role you want to have in his life And it is okay if he doesn't understand. It's okay if he's like, I've never done anything to you. That's all right. That has nothing to do with it. It is about you deciding, based off of the information that I'm privy to, understanding the man you are in this world, I do not want you in my life. Now, I'm not saying that you verbatim have that conversation. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying, decide for you, how much do you want this person in your life? Right. And then make decisions accordingly. You know, there might be boundaries to establish. And I think I have a, another episode specifically on boundaries that I want to link to. So check out the show notes, which you can find all of this at the slash 176. And on that page as well, you'll see the link to survive and thrive, which I mentioned at the top of the show. Today is the last the absolute last chance to jump in on this and I I would really encourage you to check it out if you need some support around venturing particularly into the holiday season and trying to navigate some of these really challenging family dynamics because it could be matters of you actually speaking up. It could be matters of boundaries. It could be all about deciphering if these people should be in your life or not. So go to thejoyjunkie.com slash one seven six or slash thrive and you can learn all about it and jump in before registration closes. But I think honey that's something that you can kind of speak to is that choice of deciding exactly what role somebody is going to have in your life, how prevalent they are going to be in your world. You well, know? I can
1: speak from a personal place. Right,
0: right. That's what I mean. Uh,
1: my, my personal place was, you know, I, I think most of us grow up kind of idolizing our parents for a certain time in our life. Sure. Right. And there's a certain day that happens when you realize that they're not Mm superhumans. Right. And you realize that they're not the person that you've kind of made them out to be. Your perspective shifts. And that happened for me. I had a day when I realized, oh, my dad's an asshole. (laughs) And, you know, I'm I'm trying to model my life around the people around me. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm looking for role models at a young age. Right. And I realized that he wasn't the one that I should be modeling my life on. Right. I, You know, he's not the guy that I'm like, I want to, you know, follow in his footsteps. Right. I actually want to make my own path in almost the opposite direction. Yeah. So I made a pact with myself at 16 years old. And I said, I'm going to do everything the opposite of what he did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if he didn't go to college. I'm going to go to college. If you know, whatever it was that he was doing in his life or did in his life, I was like, all right, I got to do the opposite of that. Yep. I see how he treats people. I'm going to do it the opposite. Right. Yep. Um, <clears throat> so he was a anti role model, if yeah. you will. Right. So, you know, that was my choice. That was f- for me. But I think, it. um, I think all of us need to do that, especially if, I mean, we're having trouble with relationship. sure. in our in our parent child relationship. you you have to kind of um decide what kind of human you want to be and is it the way that they are. right. and the problem uh, the thing that i'm struggling with right now is you know, he was he was really never involved mm-hmm. in anything in my life. right. so um I kind of decided, you know what? I don't want to be a part of your life then. Right. Right? So is that being a better person by doing that? Am I, am I uh, doing the safe thing? Am I doing the right thing for my health mm-hmm. and for my mental, um, my mental health? Yeah. Am I doing something that's proper? Or should I be the better man and step up the plate and show him how someone is supposed to be representing themselves? Yeah. Right. Right? Um, so that's the, the the challenge that I have is where's the line? And, you know, I, I know that there's no black and white there. Yeah. There's many different pieces to that. Yeah. There's a lot of boundaries to be made. In this situation, I might be a little bit more boundaried and, you know, closed off. And in this one, I might show up and show him, you know, what yeah. a better human can do.
0: Well, I think a lot of times, and you really are pointing to this, and this is kind of what I was talking about at the very, very beginning. When we are attached to somebody, we are rooting for them. We want them to pull through. So we go through this whole process of like, well, maybe if I'm awesome, (laughs) or maybe if I articulate, or maybe if I show him how it's important to behave, or whatever the case may be, then maybe he'll get it. So I would say in your situation if there's never any breakthrough if there's never any reciprocity if he never gives you positive feedback if none of that ever happens what do you want to do to take care of you and it's okay to turn your back on somebody like that right that's the other thing too is I think we need permission you know if it was some if it was anyone else that treated you like that What would you do? You would never tolerate it. Yeah, But we feel some sort of crazy bond just because of blood. I don't, I just don't buy into it. I'm like, no, no, no. You haven't been around for 20 fucking years. Sorry. You know what I mean? Yeah. So again, but that is why I highly, highly suggest talking with somebody about it. Because it's deep. Yeah. And it's guilt ridden. And it's historical. It's shit from your childhood. It's, you know, well, they brought me up. Well, do I owe them anything? It's, you know. So anyway, thank you so much for sharing kind of your your anecdote. And I think that's really poignant about, you know, my last little point around that, which is decide the role you want them to have in your life. And that's kind of where you're at. If this was the worst case scenario and he passes on, will I be at peace with the role that I have had in his life? or?
1: Because it's about, it's, it's really about me. hmm You know, it's not about him. Right. It's about how, how uh, do I want to show up?
0: Yep. And
1: how much do I want to show up?
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a huge piece of this, and this is part of what the work that I do in dealing with self-forgiveness and things like that. The biggest bitch, I think, again, that can't be wrapped up in a tiny little episode is what you go through when you make that choice mm-hmm. you make that strong choice for you it's so hard for you to not make it mean that you are a dick that you left somebody behind that you turned your back on somebody that you know we make this choice that's almost like either you win or i win or something you know and it's really not about that it's about self-preservation i think like really honoring what what you need. So the second entry, and I'm going to kind of haul through this one because this one isn't quite as deep. Another unrelated topic, she says, how to get ramblers to shut the fuck up and breathe for a second. (laughs) Now, Now, that was the 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 pretend topic. That's really not the real topic. It's been grating on my nerves for months now, as well as my sibling. My mother has always talked a lot, but it is outright unbearable lately. She cuts in constantly and tries to relate every experience back to her, most things being 30 years ago that have nothing to do with anything. She's tried a couple of things, like some little hints she's seen. She's afraid to be directly confrontational, that it will alienate their relationship. So she said, I'm hoping for an effective technique that you could creatively conspire before I have a confrontation. It hurts that she used to listen to me and things about my life. Now, whenever I talk, she talks over me and I can't get a word in edgewise. This is the same listener.
1: Yeah. So This is the other parent.
0: This is what I'm talking about when your parent just bugs the shit out of you. Right. Right? And I've noticed this in my own life and a lot of times... It's stuff I need to work on myself. Like that's one of the. I just brought an issue like this to my personal coach, where I was like, "What is my deal with needing credit? I need credit for everything, you know." Mm -hmm. And I started talking about, "Well, my mom, she will not let things go." And it did. Why am I doing the same things? And so anyway, there's always a place to look at why does this infuriate me so much, and sometimes it does come back to you. In your in her situation, I see somebody who. I see a, a woman who's hurting, like a mother who's hurting, who wants attention, who wants connection with... Probably, sounds like she
1: needs to feel important.
0: Yeah. With her daughters. Unfortunately, the deal with this is, this is pretty much like any other conversation that I would advocate having. First, First thing, ask for the time to talk. Be really mindful of when you talk to your mom. Is it when she's really stressed out? Is she just trying to unload all these groceries and do something else and now all of a sudden you're like, I need to talk to you about something serious? Like ask for the time to have the conversation. The second piece is when you broach the conversation, own your shit in the matter. Own your piece. And I'm guessing what your piece in the matter is is that you haven't been super forthright about how much this bothers you
1: Mm -hmm. And in
0: particular, the message that it sends to you. Because the message that she's getting is that she doesn't care about anything I have to share. She's always one-upping me. She doesn't really listen to anything that's going on in my life. She just wants to bring it back to her. So the overall message is it doesn't feel like you care about me Mm -hmm. or you care what's going on. And when you say like, hey, listen – Lately, as we've been talking, I've been noticing that there's been like a certain dynamic and I really wanted to talk to you about it because I know this is not your intention, but I really want to share with you kind of how it lands and the impact that it's had on me because I don't think you would want that. You know, I really don't think you would want that and it hasn't always been that way and that's not fair for me to expect you to be different without telling you. So, and you
1: preface it with love and with um, your end of the right of the deal, yeah.
0: And your end of the deal, a lot of times, is just saying, "I haven't, I haven't even brought this to you. I haven't even given you the opportunity to be what I need, you know." <laughs> or I realize that this has been bothering me, and it's so incredibly unfair that I haven't even told you. So I'd really love to share with you what's been going on. Are you open? And it's important that you. Preface it that way instead of like we need to talk, here's all the things that are wrong with you because most of the time it's the fact that you just have never said anything and you're expecting them to magically change
1: or or if you say it in a way that's confrontational right right if you're like, can I get a word in please right you know that's not going to land well it's probably not going to change things but probably that's what happens
0: worse. when you don't actually sit down and address it like for that reals. will happen yeah at for some point. <laughs> for realties. You have to sit down and address it for real, So, when you express that, give yourself permission for it to be messy. I always say, "Turn it on me." Like, say, "I was listening to this podcast." You don't have to say, "I submitted this request to the podcast <laughs> about my parents sucking," but I, I was was listening to this podcast about parents and dynamics, and this coach was talking about how it's really unfair for us to be frustrated with a parent. If we've never expressed what we needed or how their how their comments land with us. And I realize that I've been getting upset or getting you know, you can phrase it however you want, getting a little ruffled, getting a little ticked about certain things. And it's so incredibly unfair that I'm not telling you. So if you're open to it, I'd really like to share some stuff with you. Blame it on me. Say, you know what? I don't even know how to say this. I think it's gonna be messy. I think I I don't even know please just know everything I'm saying is coming from love and and that I really, really highly value our our relationship. And this is why I want to express this to you. Now, some people are incapable of these conversations. And no matter how amazing you are in your delivery, they are still going to be butthurt because they are insecure, period. Everything is an attack. Everything is an opportunity for victimhood, guilt trips. So... You decide what you need to give voice to to feel proud of the woman that you are. I always say if it's worth complaining about, then it's worth taking action on. Period. Like it's not fair to give your partner an earful, to give your best friend an earful, and not go tell the person you're upset with. Like that's on you. So it's a matter of deciding how to deliver that information. So the other the other piece that I kind of mentioned is really emphasizing how you're interpreting. And in coaching, a lot of times we call it what you're making up. It's what we believe to be true. So, for instance, in in her situation, she's kind of making up that my mom only cares about herself. She doesn't
1: care about me anymore. She doesn't
0: care about me. She doesn't want to hear what's going on with my life. She's only thinking about the things she's saying next. And... That's what you make up when you don't have all the information. So it's out of fairness because it's a relationship you care about going to them and saying this is what I'm making up. This is how it's landing over here. Yeah. And I don't... That's not fair to you because I know that's not what you're thinking. I know you're not like let me purposely hurt my daughter. Let me totally shut her down. And you could say this exact thing. So I wanted to... Just have an open conversation about this because here's here's what it feels like for me. And sometimes it's messy. Sometimes there's crying. Sometimes there's all of that. But the biggest thing to keep coming back to is what do I need to give voice to to be proud of the woman that I am? Yeah. Period. No matter how it lands. No matter how it lands. Yeah. And then the final piece of this, as you go through this conversation, and I would go back through this little segment and like write all this shit down. But the final thing is to ask specifically what you need. <clears throat> so at the end of all of that, what are you asking for from her? Because the the worst thing is to have somebody come to you with something they would like changed in the relationship and they you leave feeling like you just aren't good enough. And they're not saying, Here's what I want instead. Mm-hmm. It would be really important to me and it would it would make me feel incredible if you would just ask me. When I see you, how is your day to day? And really stop and listen. And just.
1: Or how's that situation with your boyfriend going? Or, you know, show some interest in the other person.
0: And and just be really, really clear. You know, we were just talking about this a little bit last night. Like, I'm like, what can I say? You know, and you were like, here's what I want you to say to me. Right. I'm giving you the
1: words. Here's
0: the exact words to check in with me. So I think sometimes we have to be really specific in our requests like that. So we had sort of a code word. So could it be something that you establish with your mom? Like, and this is granted if she's super willing to work on it. It depends. If if she's not, I don't know. But if she's super willing to work on it, could you have something where you say like, like you make a little like, like a buzzer (laughs) noise or something like that? Like a referee? Yeah. Like... You're doing it, but you do it Time out. You do it kind of in a playful way. Yeah. And then, you know, this only works if the other person is in agreement about working on it collaboratively. Yes. So that's why I always point it back to no matter how it lands, who do you want to be? How do you want to behave? So I think that's everything that I have around these two particular submissions. And I can't thank you enough for doing that and sharing because I know I always thought it'd be funny to have a slogan for life coaching like, Life coaching because who doesn't have mom issues, <laughs> you know, because I, seriously, every person I know goes through something with their parent. For sure. When you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s and beyond, you know, you still, oh, yeah. it's like, oh my God. And then you, you're becoming them and that's freaking you out. And then you're mad at them for that. And then
1: <laughs> you're like, oh my God, I just sounded like my father just now.
0: And I have a, a coach colleague of mine. Um, her name is Kira. And she always says like, you have a free pass until you're 30. Once you hit thirty, no more blaming your parents. Now you got to get your shit together. That's on you, and you got to take ownership, and no more getting to say like I'm a victim to my childhood. You know, like you got until thirty, <laughs> which I love, <laughs> which is completely her own rule, but it makes a lot of sense. It's funny though, yeah. We carry that baggage forever until we choose not to.
1: Until we choose not to.
0: I mean, that's that's the deal. So. Anyway, I hope that this was extremely helpful. Again, if you're interested in submitting your own show topic, you can go to thejoyjunkie.com, click on the podcast, and you'll see it right there. And again, you can do that on mobile. And be sure to grab your free ebook, Stand Up for Yourself Without Being a Dick, while you're there. It's totally free. Duh. And totes free. Totes free, man. <laughs> oh my God. Californians be like. <laughs> All right, guys. So anything did that you wanted to add, or you feel good? I feel good. All right. You feel complete?
1: just wanted to say, what are you doing here? (laughs) Devin?
0: (laughs) What are you doing here? (laughs) But that's it. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to take Mulholland up to (laughs) Japan. All right, guys. Well, we will see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life.
1: Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out.